Hi, everybody. I'm Rogers Healy, the host of Rogers That, a podcast dedicated to selling without selling out. And today we have a longtime friend of mine um, with Adrian Clark. Adrian and I met well over a decade ago. Interesting time in both of our lives. We were both in a kind of figured out phase and uh, through the power of social media, through LinkedIn and through a local insurance salesman, believe it or not. Actually, no, through a banker. Banker. A banker who mm-hmm. I think we both have collectively met one time. Right. <laughs> uh, he, he thought we would benefit from having a friendship and what started as a friendship turned into something really special. And uh, Adrian has become family to me, uh, even though he's never met my wife or my daughter, which that's episode 2.0. <laughs> Uh, but Adrian has been a disruptor and we were just talking before we got started that what Adrian's been able to do in the world of athletics and the world of business and the world of boxing is he's been able to couple his passion for boxing with his savvy and his passion for business. He's stayed relative. He's gotten every word under the sun. And um, today we're going to learn his story. So, Adrian, thanks for being a part of this. Yeah, I knew the introduction was going to be amazing. That's why I didn't worry. I, I didn't even send a bio because I knew you would. Bring me in the right way. And if y'all are watching, that's the first compliment Adrian's ever given me in the 13 last. years of friendship. And and the last. And the last. Are we sure. rolling? Is it filming? I want to make sure we, <laughs> we we have that. But yeah, but Adrian, uh, you know, thanks, thanks for being a part of this and for and for showing up and for all that you've done uh, for me. Why don't you give us a little bit of background, your story, how you got into the world of boxing. And then is this going to be where you're going to drop an album on Death Row Records? Is Suge Knight about to come out here? Is he... You know, I'm the new Suge Knight, essentially. So this so... makes me Vanilla Ice. Pretty and much. So you're about to dangle me Pretty over much. a balcony if this doesn't go well. If the hit single does not hit, then yeah, you will be. No pressure. Yeah. I'm listening. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> I've never been more engaged in my life. Uh, well, I boxed in college down at Texas A&M, down in Corpus Christi. Um, I competed in two Golden Glove tournaments. and. Uh, I was horrible. I was not a good fighter at all. Uh, really? I thought I was, but no. Uh, my last fight, I got knocked out uh, in under 30 seconds, which is probably a record in Corpus Christi. Wow. And that let me know that I needed to be on the business side of things. And that's where my boxing journey began in Corpus. And it um, started with Timothy Tipton's right hand. That weaving right hand clipped me on the jaw. And uh, yeah, that's why I Did got you into box growing up as a kid. Well, I've my, never even asked you this. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even know the story. I just assumed that you just were, were born into the no, world no, of no, boxing. No, no, but football was the first love, and then basketball, of course. And then my brother used to beat me up all the time. And um, I actually dedicated my entire boxing career to my brother. He passed wow. away in 2006, but he always used to beat me up, and boxing was what helped me compete with him. So. Um, that's how I got in it, man, and it's been amazing ever since. But I, I, yeah. and, and I, you and I both grew up. I'm, you're probably what 36. 36. You're 36. I'm 42. So I'm six years older than you. For all y'all that are doing math, but we grew up in a really great area era of wrestling and boxing, where Mike yes. Tyson, Evander Holyfield, all those guys were relevant, and then Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, you know Booker T, all those people in, in both worlds. How have you, have, did you feel like you had to kind of pass the torch where I think as we started becoming adults and young men out of college in the world of business, boxing kind of slowly started to die? Yeah, with like with no American heavyweight as champion, the, the sport really did take, uh, it took a huge hit. And then with MMA, you know, people want to see knockouts. They want to see blood. They want to see uh, the action. And, and with boxing, sometimes it's hit or miss. You may see a guy... Um, in a chess match trying to figure someone out for 36 minutes which huh. most people don't want to see that they want to see instant action but um, I think it's coming around now you know we have more heavyweights and we have more smaller fighters that are big punchers so things are starting to pick up a little bit man in the sport of boxing so we're 
hopefully changing going into the, the future. Who was the first boxer that you saw as a kid that you wanted to emulate? Roy Jones Jr. Wow. Yeah, Roy Jones was the man back in the day. Roy Jones was the first person that, like, my mom, she would, like, cheer so loud. And I'm like, why are you cheering for, so loud for this man? Like, it, it was more than just him being fantastic in the rings. Like, I think she had, like, a thing for Roy Jones Jr., but he was amazing, man, in every facet in the ring. And he was exciting to watch, so I would try to be Roy, but I was way too slow. Fun fact, I met him the same day I met The Temptations. I went to Vegas for my 21st birthday to see The Temptations in concert. <laughs> and as we're boarding the flight, I had this is right when digital cameras came out. Uh, I was I rode the elevator down at Caesars Palace with Roy Jones Jr. And I wow. remember, and I had just interviewed Sugar Ray Leonard through at the old SMU. Okay. I love boxing. I love boxing. I never, I've never, I've been hit multiple times and never hit anybody, and I don't want to. You know what I want to see? Me get hit. I actually would love to see you in a celebrity boxing match in Dallas. I will be the MC. You and Mark Cuban would be a great fight. Hell to the no. <laughs> so Roy Jones, Roy, oh, that's a tongue tongue twister. Roy Jones Jr. RJJ. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, he was your guy. And then you, it was, I mean, I guess when everyone thinks of the business of boxing, they can't help but think of like Don King. Yeah. Right? And, 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 you know, I have a different take on Don, man. Like, you know, most people paint him as a guy that just robbed all the fighters. And honestly... Don King made a lot of fighters a lot of money in their career. Mike Tyson wasn't a multimillionaire before he got with Don King. So um, sometimes he's painted as just this total bad guy. And honestly, he wasn't. You know, that wasn't a time. Don Did he King. Die? No, he's not. He's still oh. alive. Uh, still alive and still spending money probably from 1975. But uh, he was a guy that was doing it at a higher level than Bob Arum at a time where. Like, you know, it was hard for black people. They weren't even allowed in the building, and Dunn was promoting the best fight. So um, I I got big respect for Dunn. Uh, of course, I don't like him taking from the fighters, but he was an amazing promoter. And so was that, and, and, and people might not really realize the, the transition. You went from being a boxer, a college kid, to a, a tycoon. Like, you have part ownership <laughs> in a sports team. You're a CEO of a new company. You're a you know, multi-published <laughs> author. Well, what was it that got you from one side of the ring to the other? How did you go and make a decision to actually be on the business side? You know, aside from Timothy Tipton knocking me out with that big right hand, um, I always wanted to work in the world of sports. I just didn't know, like, what exactly I wanted to do. Um, I know I wanted to work with pro athletes. I just didn't know, based off of where I'm from, uh, Pleasant Grove, like, we didn't see sports agents. We didn't know sports agents existed. I didn't know what a sports agent was until I got to maybe my junior year of high school. So once I figured out, okay, you know what, this is cool. I want to work with pro athletes since I'm not going to be one. I'm uh, vertically challenged, so to speak. All of my friends are NBA players, or most of them are, but I was the Realtors. one that was. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, um, you know, I got on the business side of things, and it's been it's been a journey, of course. It's been a lot of ups and downs, but I wouldn't trade this experience for the world. Man. Do you remember the first time you saw it and you are like, holy crap, this is a pretty corrupt industry? Yeah. Um, actually, my my first year. Because you were really young when you got, you were like 20, 22? 23, 24 years old. Yeah. And um, I, my introduction to boxing was a contract dispute with a local promoter, uh, Julio Marinez, uh, who had my client uh, in a very bad contract. And I was looking to just restructure the contract, not to get out of it totally, but just restructure some things. And he was not for it. So he put us on the shelf and we didn't fight for 10 months. And um, I was actually able to hire a lawyer who did it like pro bono, no, not for any money. And Ryan Kaiser got us out of that contract and things started from there, man. So yeah, my introduction was bad and from there, I just knew if I ever had the power or the, the voice to change things, I would. And 
Yeah. So the clients have always come first. Yeah, got to. They they have to in the sport of boxing because they get taken advantage of so much, man. Yeah. From the contractual. Give things. us an example. Like, what would be an example? So how somebody's got so to let's just say of? let's just say if you were my manager, and I was hiring you to be my spokesperson. Essentially, you own a company, so. Like the person that you hire to speak for you, they don't have you under contract. They don't tell you like, oh, well, you can't fire me for three years. And if I get this deal for you, then the contract extends another year. And then I'm going to take 33 percent of what the company makes just based off of you hiring me as a spokesperson. That's how it is for a boxer. They own the company. Their name is the company. But you have the manager taking up to 33 percent of the money then you know the trainer gets paid 10 percent of the money um and now you know strength and conditioning coaches and and cut men are taking percentages of the fighter's total purse so before the fighter even pays taxes he's out of almost 50 percent of of his money like that's how guys get taken advantage of in this business and people a lot of times the manager will make more money than the fighter uh, always because the fighter can only fight one time in one night the manager could have 10 other guys fighting on the card getting 30% from each guy. Is that what you do? Are you a manager? I, I was uh, a manager in the sport of boxing. Uh, I stopped, I retired, quote unquote, three years ago. But my nine years of, of boxing management, I, I never took more than 10% uh, from the client. And I didn't have guys sign under the contract. Like we had handshake agreements and you could fire me if you didn't feel like I was doing my job. And it works. Like no one ever stiffed me and um, things worked out. So I know that there's money to be made in the business and there's a way you can do this without taking advantage of the fighters. The sport is just medieval and people think that you have to screw the guys over to uh, keep them honest. And that's not true. What was the de- what was the age difference between like the tenured people that were the, in the boxing management and agent world and then you? And I remember like the big oh, yeah. award you got was yeah. you were Forbes, you know, 20 under 40, right? <laughs> yeah, 30 under 30. 30 under 30. Yeah, and then you yeah. got another award for being, I think the shortest boxing <laughs> manager no there's some guys shorter than me i'm just kidding so so what was that like i mean to go in and, and you disrupted the whole theme of this podcast is to sell without selling out which means yeah. like literally you sold yourself because you're a great salesperson a great brand but you stayed true to what you believed in what was that journey like for you um you know i didn't get as much drawback because when i created protect yourself at all times which is uh pretty much an educational system for the the amateur and professional fighters I didn't get as much drawback as I thought I would, but I think a lot of people just didn't understand that uh, this is something that's going to help a lot of fighters not get taken advantage of in the, the business. Uh, mind you, like as a manager in the sport of boxing, you don't have to um, have a degree or you don't have to have a certain certification. You just send a hundred dollars to your state commission and they send you a license in the mail, making you a manager. It's like you having a, an agent, who does not pass the test. They just say, oh, you know, I want to be a real estate agent with no experience. And you're like, okay, well, cool. Here you go and go sell a house. Uh, That's how it is in in boxing. So with me coming in with Protect Yourself at All Times and educating the fighters and actually putting them in the driver's seat, um, I got a little bit of drawback, but I think most people thought that this is not going to last. He's not going to be consistent. And uh, here we are, still, uh, still going, still partnered with USA Boxing and impacting more and more fighters, man. So it's been dope. How many people do you think you've helped in the world of boxing? <sighs> Honestly, and this is not even a 
embellishment. I'm a writer, so sometimes we lie in books, but uh, thousands of, of fighters. And it's people that I don't even know about because I wrote a book. I did a podcast and I have a documentary. I'm doing a short film next month. So there's just so much, so many facets to protect yourself at all times. So it has to be thousands of people that I've helped. So um, if you could fight any of them, who would it be? If you had to fight, like, I mean, like, name some of your bigger name clients. So I do a lot of work for uh, Errol Spence Jr. Who um, is probably this era's Roy Jones Jr. Honestly, it, Errol could be this era's Floyd Mayweather if he made certain business decisions to yeah. catapult him. But definitely this era's Roy. Um, he's he's a scary man in the division, and most people don't want to fight him. But I negotiate his glove deals with Everlast. He's currently the highest paid athlete. Uh, wow. uh, probably never last history. So, uh, Errol is probably happy with with that deal. How'd you meet um, him? He's a Dallas guy, isn't he? He's is a Dallas guy, and actually, one of the managers that used to manage my first client, Jerry Belmontes. Um, his name was Lou Mezzarana. And I used to always think Lou was like my enemy. Because Did you say Lou like an Italian? Lou Mezzarano. Oh, yeah. Like oh, yeah. No, yeah. And he was that type of guy also. Yeah. From, he was from New Jersey, um, I believe. Jersey or New York. But um, Lou told me when I was actually still in college, he was like, hey, there's this kid from Dallas. His name is Errol Spence Jr. Like he's going to be the next best thing in boxing. You should get in contact with him. And uh, God rest Lou's soul, man. He wasn't wrong. <laughs> like, uh, I reached out to Errol on Facebook and just let him know who I was. And uh, we built a relationship from there. So he's been really good for me. He's actually done the foreword for two or three of my books, man. So he's been, he's Be been a good Before dude. I forget, what are your, your books? What are they called? Ooh, man. First one is I, titled I. By the way, when someone says, ooh, man, that means write this down because I got multiple <laughs> books. Too many. Only book I've ever written is Facebook. So back to, back to the storied <laughs> author. What What's the first book? Uh, uh, I, lowercase I, A Guide for Young Entrepreneurs. Um, the second one is Protect Yourself at All Times, A Guide for Professional Boxers. The third one is... Um, Boxing Equals Life, uh, Champion Your Existence. It's a motivational book that <laughs> it's a motivational book that um, compares or shows how synonymous life and boxing are. Fourth book is my memoirs. Um, um, By the way, Dark who Horse. has a memoir at 36? Like oh. <laughs> you, you got a lifetime achievement award for at 36, but your memoirs. Anyway, continue. What was that called? Uh, Dark Horse. Uh, Dark Horse is my my memoirs. Autographed version manager. at our office. Yeah, I do. I got it's yeah. out there. I'm on the wall. And then my last one um, is titled "Divorce Behavior for Men." So totally away from sports and entrepreneurship, but I went through a divorce. And um, I decided to write about the emotions and feelings that go through it for men that most people don't know or don't don't think about. Hmm. Yeah. So that's my fifth. Like those are my five books, and I have one more to go. Shocker. What's yeah. the sixth? Uh, it's called Finished Business, and it's a controversial book. That's probably going to get me in some some trouble because uh, of bad pictures. That and then really? I'm, I'm I'm airing a lot of like dirty laundry through characters. So it's like who plays me. Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> What's my character's name? Uh, John Voight actually is going to play you. Wow! Yeah, so it's so like crazy because he was my coach in a movie. And exactly, John, if you're watching this, I approve. I met him in um, I met him in Beverly Hills one time. Really? Yeah. Of yeah. all the freaking people, John Voight would play. I don't approve. Ryan Reynolds, maybe Hugh Jackman. Ryan Gosling with darker hair, all those are approved. But I think not. you and John Voight kind of look alike. Look, can... Next question. Um, <laughs> so, so back to the, to the books. And when you, when you look back, like in the world of business, we'll separate it into two. Like who was, who's, who's been your biggest success story that you could look back on and be like, man, I had a part of that guy or that gal's success 
and then two in the world of business with your evolution as a CEO, as a business owner, as an author. If you had to go look back and tell Ace, you know, in a hundred years, this is the one moment that shines the brightest. What what is that moment? So Errol Spence will be the guy that, you know, it's, it's an honor to be a part of his career. He's going to go down in history as one of the, the best boxers um, that ever laced a pair of gloves up. So he's definitely going to be the guy that um, that I, I have a picture that he, he tweeted, uh, me and him uh, hugging on um, after he just beat Ugas um, for, for an extra belt. Uh, we were hugging in the locker room and someone took a picture of it and he posted it on Twitter. Um, that I have a poster of it at my, my place now. That was a big moment. And man, believe it or not, I'm not, I'm not just saying this because I'm on the show, but like you've been like a great role model for me in regards to um, like when I was just in a down period. I remember sitting in your office, the old office, man, and um, I was like down to nothing. And I was going to move back to Utah mm. and, <laughs> and work at back. a boxing studio. Yeah, yeah. And I remember you telling me and it, it was like it was like a shock to me because no one ever told me like something was stupid. And you were like, that's stupid. And I was like, I can't believe you just like said that. But you really talked some sense into me that day and prevented me from making a really dumb decision. Um, so I just like I love that because no one has ever like spoke to me like that before. And then like kind of turned me around and pointed me in the right direction but the way you carry yourself and the knowledge that you've given me like you're one of the guys that i can say that before the forbes list or any of that you were someone that actually like um invested in me with words man and always looked out for me and pointed me in the right direction so it would be it would be you um well thanks yeah man i, w I would hug you right now but you know it's yeah this is this is a podcast about boxing if anything <laughs> we're about to put these gloves on and fight um, I told you, you and Mark Cuban, it would make the city millions, man. I don't know why we... Just... It actually wouldn't. And fun fact, the first time I met Mark Cuban was ironically the day that he bought the Mavericks and I used to have to guard him. And the first time I ever met him, he dislocated my jaw. I was guarding him. I was, wow. a, I was a sophomore in college. This is a way off subject conversation. But um, yeah, I was guarding him because we were always the same size. And then he went up for a rebound and accidentally took his elbow into my jaw. And I, and I was at the hospital room with my mom and it dislocated and on the news I was like that's the guy that literally dislocated my jaw and it was Mark yeah, Cuban see that's that's so I got three season tickets for life that's I'm ammunition kidding. though like he broke your jaw purposely that's I, a he, cool he story I was like he was coming out that's a vendetta Mark Cuban I'll meet you in the parking lot down, downtown at the Statler at 3 a.m. joking no I wouldn't put all your money on anybody fighting me because I would not do well in a in, in any kind of boxing okay so back to the fighting part with disruption staying true to yourself you mentioned MMA um so disruption is, is big. Like in our industry, in real estate, there's always technology companies that want to sell real estate. There's cloud companies. There's there's always somebody trying to go and take me out at the knees, which mm -hmm. which I secretly kind of like because it makes me continue to, to persevere and to work hard. Yeah. You mentioned MMA. You come out of high school. You come out of college where boxing is still boxing. Like everybody knows about it. Back in the day, pay-per-view, you get 50 of your friends. Like we watched the right. fight at my house. Mayweather. Yeah, we watched the Mayweather fight. Mm -hmm. And I remember one of my most ridiculous road trips of college is we drove to memphis to see mike tyson's last fight at the pyramid where he fought clifford etienne okay um and i remember i got his uh sweat sponge and it was like a three and a half second fight you mentioned 30 seconds was the shortest fight literally three and a half seconds he punched clifford and it was, and it was over, over and the under the fight before was tanya hardy and the ice skater and i was like oh snap okay I was like, this is the worst day of my entire life and it was at Tun in tunica mississippi where i had just lost a bunch of money so i was pissed anyway MMA comes on the scene. Everybody all of a sudden wants to go and be a mixed martial arts fighter, and boxing starts to die. Well, how did you go and 
press through that where now you're on the other side of it. Errol Spence Jr. comes out. These other guys you mentioned, Jerry Belmontes. How did you go and, and deal with that, knowing that you were on the um, you know the short end of the statistic? Well, you know, I think you know, say they say ignorance is bliss. Like I didn't, I didn't think about it, and you know, I every time I hear you know boxing was dying or it's not something you should get into, um, you know, I already had my mind made up of that's what I wanted to do. So um, I really just ignored all of that. Just as I ignore when people say, "Oh man, protect yourself at all times is great." But it's never gonna work. The fighters are never gonna listen to you. Blah blah blah. I've heard it all. So um, I didn't really pay attention to you know MMA really like booming, and then boxing was kind of on a decline. Uh, I just really focused on like my clients and what my objective was, and um, things are different now. So I just I really just stay focused. Did you ever have a moment where you were just like humbled? You're like, I just got my ass handed to me. Ooh, in in this business, not a literal fight, but I'm just in no, the- yeah, in this business. No, not yet. Not well, yet. Today's the day. <laughs> today's the day. This is you're done. I'm ruining you. You're gonna become a realtor. Fold. I'm joking. You've never had a moment. Where you're just like, damn. This is how the world really works. If so, good for you. The like the boxing world or just the world in general. The world of boxing and business. And- oh yeah, and boxing man is like I said, it's really primitive, man. The way they they do things, it's like. Yeah, if I was if I were doing things the wrong way, like most people in the sport do, then yeah, I probably would have had several moments as you're speaking of. But I really stay on the straight and narrow with how I handle well, how I handle things with the fighters, with the promoters, and other individuals. So at one situation that could have went left with Lou DeBella, who's a Hall of Fame promoter, but the key with the the older promoters that they like to like yell at you to like rattle you or get you to either shut up or clam up or whatever so after he was done yelling on the phone like I knew I had a choice to make either I could just start yelling back at Lou DiBella which he's probably going to win that battle or I can just ask him like was he was he done and my client still wants this amount of money either going to pay it or we're not going to fight um so I went with you know the latter to to stay calm and um but yeah I haven't I haven't had my ass handed to me and the sport of boxing, uh, the business of boxing. Keep, keep the streak alive. I hope so. Best advice you've ever received? was actually from Cameron Duncan, who longtime manager uh, in the sport of boxing. Um, I met with him in Vegas when I first became a manager. It was important for me to meet with him for whatever reason, uh, and it was a waste of time until the last part of the meeting because he didn't give me anything, any help to become a good or solid boxing manager. But before I left, um, this was in 2010, he was like, man, like, you know, everyone out here is on like a paper chase. They're trying to like get money, like in every way they can. He was like, yo, don't chase the money. Set yourself up for the money to chase you and you'll win. And at first when he said, I'm like, yeah, it's whatever. Sounds good. Old man advice. Exactly. But the, the older I got and then, you know, starting to write books and then public speaking and doing different projects you can say that you're in your late 30s it's okay mid, mid, mid 30s late, or, uh, 36 30 37 yeah when, when's your birthday may 28th yeah you're almost 50 no, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the best piece of advice i got was from a, a once upon a time a rival boxing manager so hmm. yeah How have you stayed grounded knowing that you've got i mean you got a lot going on man you got obviously a lot of you've been you've lived all over you've got a great you know center of influence you've got a great career you're an author you're a business owner you're a ceo you're a full-time dad what's your uh, and and if y'all don't follow adrian on social media you should and not because of the boxing stuff but because you can see 
he is such a present person. He's so intentional. And his son, let's be honest, your son is going to be groomed to be the next King Griffey Jr. There's something going on there. There's something going on there. And I'm not a fan of baseball, so I don't know where he gets it from. But, like, I'm pretty sure you're experiencing it now as a dad. Like, Will you charge your, Will you be his agent and charge him 60% no, fees? No, no, be no, like, all gonna. those lessons I gave you and uh, all the no. T-balls no, and all no, the security no, no, deposits no, no. I lost. No, I'm not going um, to. Exp- I'm going to sit down with whoever his agent is going to be if he does choose baseball. Uh, so they'll have to go through me to, you know. Good get, luck. Yeah, I know, right? But, but what, um, what's kept you grounded? Like, how have you been able to do that and maintain such a positive attitude and a, a calming presence? You know, this is, I think maybe you're similar. I don't I don't look in the mirror and see myself. It's like, like I think I'm okay. I think I'm yeah. cool, kind of. But I don't look at in the mirror or look at myself or read about myself and think, you know, I'm really this like cool, cool, super cool person. I don't see what other people see. I don't take myself that seriously. I know I'm good at what I do, yeah. but I don't take myself that seriously. So I think that's how I stay grounded. I don't really, I don't look at any of this and think, oh, like there I am. Yeah. That's me. I just more so like, this is fun. I'm helping a lot of people and you know, it's, it's benefiting, but yeah, I don't take myself seriously <laughs> at all. Yeah. yeah. And that's how I feel. I stay grounded. I love that, man. It's it, we, we had a guy too. Uh, I, I always reference it whenever I ask for advice and thoughts. And this guy a few weeks ago, he said, travel light. Hmm. Right, which means you're going to deal with stuff and you're in a successful position. You're kind of a lone wolf. You're going to have people coming at you. You're going to yeah. have bad stuff happen, but like push it aside and keep keep moving forward. I think you've done that as, as well as anybody. Appreciate it. Uh, Appreciate you're welcome. Yeah, I'm, I'm literally reading the notes that you made me talk great about you. And um, we're, we're I'm, I'm just kidding. Well, what's the best advice you'd give somebody? Somebody who's in your shoes. You know, and they're, they're trying to figure out what they want to go do, whether it's the world of boxing, it's professional sports, it's business. They want to go and find something that just excites them. What would you go and tell them? Kanye West has a song. and I, You start out by saying Kanye West. It's like, oh, you know. I know who Kanye West right. is. Thank you so much. <laughs> but he has a song called Drive Slow. And um, hmm. just about just enjoying the journey, man. Don't. And Kobe Bryant talked about it his, like his last game. After, after scoring 60 points to win a game in his last NBA game, he just talked about enjoying the journey. Don't worry about like the destination because it's like you know you get there. It's like oh, this is kind of overrated anyway. But the journey to get to wherever it is that you're going, man, the ups and the downs, like it's amazing. So I would I would tell someone to drive slow um, and just really embrace the journey and embrace the downs. When you're up, it's cool, man. But like the the downs is what's really gonna make you. Whether it's a businessman or businesswoman or uh, an athlete, uh, someone just in the workforce, it's the down periods that are really going to make you as an individual. So just drive slow. I like that. Or another singer, Miley Cyrus, okay. has a song called The Climb, which okay. is a beautiful song. Uh, I love Kanye, it. but Miley has, for real, it's a, and I was kind of joking, but it's a beautiful song. And it's essentially, it's not about how fast you get there. It's not about what's waiting on the other side. It's about the climb. Yeah, and I remember hearing that in a taxi cab in Orlando, driving back from Disney World, <laughs> and breaking up with an ex girlfriend. I've I've literally told the story on this podcast, and I was like, "Man, that's a freaking great song!" And so, did you drive slow. Up? It's the, I did. I tore, I tear up realizing that gotcha. I still had to fly back to Texas uh, from this from Orlando with this girl. And it's a, not a short flight, and so right. um, I also cried because Miley touched my heart. Uh, <laughs> what's the one thing you're most proud of? You're not you're, you're a humble guy. You don't live in the moment of all your success. You maybe live in a little bit of fear. But what's the one thing outside of outside? Ace? Of, I know you were gonna say outside of Ace. Uh, the one thing I'm proud of, man, is is protect yourself at all times because you know when I created it, 
Um, I remember, and it's funny. It's a funny story. Uh, there was a young lady that came over, and she, I remember she texted me. She was like, "Yo, you want some company?" And I was like, "Yeah, cool." But this is a podcast for family. <laughs> no, <laughs> no I'm but I thought of the when idea. I say young lady, she was a professor and she wanted to tutor me. She and, was oh, my oh. she was my friend. Um, but I just remember like everything just came to me, and I'm writing on the dry erase board, and she comes up. And I'm just telling her everything of what it's going to be and how we can help out fighters and change the sport of boxing. And I think um, I like I bored her. Essentially, she was just bored out of her mind. And then, you know, we we didn't have any fun. So she was like, you know, I'm going to I'm going to go home. So I walked her down to her car and I'm still talking about protect yourself at all times. We get to her car door and open her door. And I was like, wait, did I miss something? What's your name? And, no. <laughs> and she was like, no, it's all good. And I went back upstairs and got back to work. So protect yourself at all times. Is, uh, I'm just super, super proud of that and how many fighters and parents and spouses that it's helped out, man. So What happened to the girl? We're all wondering. Where is she? I, I don't know. Do you know her name? I do know her name. If you're watching this or listening, <laughs> thanks for changing Adrian's life and sorry that your heart got broken. Uh, it's okay. You know, so I th- she hopefully she found somebody else. I like that. How yeah. do we support you? How do we find you? How do we buy your books? How do we go and follow your fighters? So um, you go to Amazon. You can type in Adrian Clark. The website again? Um, what was it called? Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. What did okay. I say? Did I say I'm it the wrong kidding. way? <laughs> yeah. Go to uh, Amazon. Yeah, you go to Amazon or you can go to my, my personal website, adrianclark.org. Can you sell things on a dot org? You're not supposed not, to, right? I don't think it's dot uh, gov or yeah. dot donation dot org. It's an organization. Yeah, that should, should be good. Is this right? illegal? Is I this where we that. get taken down? <laughs> I went and bought a book on a dot org site and they caught me. Protect yourself at all times. <laughs> right. It's fraud. I actually got screwed. Okay, so adrianclark.org, Amazon. Where and, else? Um, I think Barnes and Noble has a couple books, and I actually saw someone post that um, half price half price books has protect yourself at all times. But you know, I, I need to know where my royalties are going mm. because it's like, yo, I, I don't like the statements that I get. I don't think it's enough. But you yeah. know, um, it might yeah. be time for you to protect yourself at all times. True. I just need to like sell them out the trunk of my car, and people have to go directly to me. But mm. yeah, that's where you can find the books, and then uh, my social media on Instagram. It's AC underscore Clark and Twitter, which I never tweet, but the Adrian Clark and on Facebook, Adrian Clark. Wow. And the other brand, MySpace, Google Plus. We need to bring back MySpace. I like that. You'll be be on my top. Is it top eight or top Top eight? You'd be my top eight too. Are you sure? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You don't seem too sure. No. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, um, that's my pal. That's Adrian. That's somebody who has uh, persevered and somebody who has built an incredible brand, has a lot of loyal fans, a lot of loyal friends. I'm excited to be one of them, excited to be a fan and a friend. And that's my friend Adrian. That's why I asked him to be a part of this. He's family to me. Uh, we don't see each other that often, but we're a part of each other's lives, cheering on one another, introducing them to other people because that's what real friends do. Adrian's a pioneer. He's a perseverer he is an icon he's a tycoon but as y'all could tell none of it goes to his head it always stays in his heart and i think that's what makes a true salesperson that doesn't sell out as someone that stays true to to their beliefs and to their um to their why so adrian thanks for being a part of this thanks for being a big part of my life and thanks for touching all the thousands of people that are going to watch and listen to this podcast in the future i love you brother thank you for having me on. i love you too i'm your brother 
Yeah, man. This is how we find out? Yeah. I love you, brother. <laughs> Hi, I'm Adrian Clark, and that's how you sell without selling out. Roger's that. <laughs>